Welcome to the How to Stop Being Broke podcast, where the mission is to change your mindset about how you manage your finances so you can build a financial future that you can be proud of. My name is Bella Jones and I am your host. So relax, sit back, and let's jump into today's conversation. Hey, 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 so we are back for another episode and in today's episode, we are going to talk about retirement. For many of us, I do believe that we need to rethink our current retirement strategy. Now, today's episode is inspired by a few different things. It is inspired by some clubhouse rooms that I hosted earlier this year where we talked about this exact topic. It's also inspired by conversations that I have been having personally with my husband, my family, friends, and also my clients. Now, I am a millennial, and growing up, when I heard the word retirement, right after that, the next word that comes to mind or that would be discussed is pension. So pensions were like the epitome of retirement. So ideally, you wanted to secure a job that offered a pension. Now, this pension would essentially take care of you financially in retirement. And when I think about the career fields associated with pensions, they were career fields that I personally had no interest in. So very early on in my teenage years and early adult years, I pretty much knew that I was not going to land or secure a job that offered a pension. And to take that one step further, of course, as I got older, I also realized that less and less employers even offered a pension. So I knew a pension was not something that I personally could rely on in retirement. So in today's episode, I want to first talk about traditional retirement planning and what that used to look like. And this traditional route may still be relevant for some people, but for most people, especially millennials, Gen Zers, and I think the next generation after them are Generation Alpha, it's less relevant. I will also talk about some of the issues with traditional retirement planning present day. And then I will talk about how I am rethinking my own retirement now that I begin to see that the traditional route is really not going to work for me personally. Now, just to give some disclaimers, one, I am I am a millennial, so that's the first thing. Secondly, I am not a financial advisor, but I am someone who has worked in finance at the time that I am recording this episode. I've worked in finance for 17 years. I have seen a lot of things in my finance career that has really opened my eyes to how the world works and also more importantly, how money works. I have been exposed to many people across different cultures and different levels of education, management, eco or socioeconomic status. And I'm taking all of that experience and exposure and giving my opinion in today's episode. Now, to take that one step further, this is relevant at the time that I am recording this episode. As life starts to change, meaning my personal life, also as the economy changes, and also as the 
rules and regulations here in the US change, of course, my opinion may change as well. But I definitely want to talk about this in today's episode because retirement is that thing that it comes and it comes quickly and many of us are not prepared for it. And on top of that, the rules have also changed and not necessarily in our favor. When it comes to traditional retirement planning, there are three main components. One is going to be a pension, two is going to be social security, and three is the 401k. Now, before I talk about my issues with traditional retirement planning, let's talk about each of these three components in detail, just in case someone in this audience isn't familiar with some or all of these retirement pieces. As someone who works in finance, I never want to assume that someone fully understands the definition or meaning of the things that I am talking about. So I definitely wanna spend some time giving some definitions and context behind these three components of traditional retirement planning. So let's talk about pensions. What is a pension? So a pension is a benefit that employees of certain companies and organizations will receive after they retire. The employer commits to setting aside money that will then provide income to its employees during their retirement. And to take it one step further, there are traditionally two types of pension plans. So the first one is a defined benefit plan. Now this guarantees a specific monthly amount of payment for life, or they will give a lump sum to the retiree. Now, spouses can receive all or part of this benefit if the spouse with the pension plan passes away. The other pension plan that tends to be offered is a defined contribution plan. Now, this is where the employer contributes money to an investment fund, and the money then becomes available once the employee is retired. Now, I'm sure some of you out there are listening to this and you're like, well, my pension plan doesn't work like that. Again, these are the two traditional plans that tend to be offered. I'm sure there are different variations of the two that I described, but again, just wanted to get some context to the other people in the audience who don't really even understand how pensions work at the basic level. Now, the second component of traditional retirement planning is social security. Now, this is money that is paid to certain Americans who qualify, and it is supposed to replace a percentage of your pre-retirement income based on your earnings. And this is money that is paid out by the federal government of the United States. Now, how much you will collect will be determined by how much you earned while you were working and also the age in which you retire. So you do in fact have three different options when it comes to retiring. You can retire at the full retirement age, you can retire early, or you can take delayed retirement. Let's talk about each of these one by one. 
So at the time that I am recording this episode, if you were born between 1943 and 1954, and you are 66 years old, that is considered full retirement age, meaning you can get your full social security benefit. If you were born after 1955, the full retirement age kind of goes on a scale between ages of 66 and 67. Now your next option is early retirement, which is the age of 62. But if you retire early, this will reduce the amount of your monthly payments from Social Security. Then you have delayed retirement. Again, at the time that I am recording this episode, you can increase the amount of your monthly payments if you wait until the age of 70 to retire. So these are the current options when it comes to Social Security benefits. Now, the third component of traditional retirement planning is the 401k. Now, I am going to give you a definition of what this is. Now, you might say, Bella, everybody knows what a 401k is. As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I never take for granted that anyone knows exactly what anything is, especially since we are in this place of People are afraid to ask questions. And so I want to give as much clarity and insight to anything that I am talking about. Also, I was looking at my podcast stats recently. Now, 80% of my audience is in America, but 14% of my audience is actually in Europe. And surprisingly, I do also have some listeners in South America, Australia, Africa, and Asia. And so with a international audience, I want to go through the definition to ensure that they understand what we're talking about in today's conversation. But also there might be some of you listening to this podcast and you have heard of a 401k, but I've never actually heard the actual definition. So let's jump right into it. I am currently on the Nerd Wallet website, and this is a very popular financial blog, and they have a great definition of the 401k plan. I will also link the article in the show notes below so you can also read it. So a 401k is a retirement savings and investment plan that employers offer. A 401k plan gives employees a tax break on money they contribute. Contributions are automatically withdrawn from employee paychecks and invested in funds of the employee's choosing. And that in a nutshell is the 401k plan. Now with every 401k plan, there is a limit in regards to how much money you can contribute. And every year the IRS publishes new guidelines in regards to contribution limits. Now, here are some of the benefits of contributing to your employer's 401k plan. Firstly, many employers will match a portion of your contribution, so you are essentially getting quote-unquote free money towards your retirement. The next benefit of contributing to your employer's 401k plan is you will pay less money in taxes. So here in the U.S., you do get taxed 
on the income that you make in your nine to five. So let's say you make $80,000 per year, you would normally be taxed on that $80,000 salary. But if you contribute to your 401k, let's say you contribute $20,000 for the year, you will only be taxed on $60,000 of your $80,000 salary. So that is also another reason why the 401k plan is beneficial to contribute to. The other tax benefit of contributing to a 401k plan is as the investments are growing in your portfolio, you will not be taxed on any of that money. You won't be taxed on any interest payments you might receive if you are investing in bonds, and you won't be taxed on any dividends that you receive as well. And again, you won't be taxed on any capital gains. Now, with traditional investment accounts, you would be taxed on all of those items. So again, that is the benefit of contributing to the 401k plan. Now, you won't be taxed as long as the money sits in the accounts until you reach a certain age. If you do withdraw any money prior to the retirement age listed by the plan, you would then be taxed, but you might also pay some penalties. Now, once you retire and you begin to withdraw money from your 401k, you will be taxed at that time, but not any time before that. So those are the three components of traditional retirement planning. And just to summarize what we have discussed so far, you have pension plans, social security, as well as the 401k. Now to take it one step further, there was a point in time where it was heavily advertised that the goal should be to have $1 million set aside for retirement. Now, of course, this is a very lofty goal, but having that much of a nest egg definitely sounded like a great way to feel secure during retirement. But as someone who has worked in finance for all of these years and understanding more and more about how investing works and how you have to really look at the future and take all factors into account, having $1 million may not be enough for some people to retire on, especially as we are in this space of inflation being really high people are living a lot longer, and many people sometimes even are still in debt going into retirement. So I want to spend some time analyzing whether or not $1 million is really enough for retirement. So let's say you are currently 66 years old and you are going to retire tomorrow. And if all goes well, you live for another 30 years. Now, just for the sake of this example, this $1 million is not invested anywhere, it's not growing, it's strictly just $1 million. If you take that $1 million and divide it by 30, that will give you $33,333 to live off of each year for the next 30 years. Now let's think about your cost of living during retirement. So of course we have inflation, so during that 30 year period, the cost of living is going to increase. So think about food, property taxes, if you own a property, 
Some people might go into retirement and may still have a mortgage. Think about medications, etc. Now, if you look at $33,000 a year, that might not cover all of your expenses in retirement. If I think about my own personal finances, I currently do live in Long Island and my husband and I have a big, beautiful home here in Eastern Long Island and our property taxes at the time that I am recording this episode is $13,000 a year. So if we retire and we still have this home, a good chunk of that $33,000 is going to go strictly to our property taxes. Now, of course, as an elderly person, you do get some tax breaks on your property taxes, but again, a good chunk of that income is going to go to the property taxes that we are going to owe. And that doesn't include anything else like food, gas, utilities, transportation, etc. Now, of course, if that $1 million is sitting in a 401k and you have made some solid investments, ideally that nest egg should also grow over time. But if you are going to withdraw that $33,000 per year, that money is going to be taxed when you pull it out of your 401k. So now you are going to have essentially less than the $33,000 per year to live off of. Also, when you think about your 401k, you are invested in the stock market. So what if you are retired and you are facing what we're facing right now at the time that I am recording this episode, we're facing a recession and the stock market has lost so much value and you have seen your portfolio reduced by 20, 30, 40% you might be panicking. And so this is why we need to start rethinking retirement, not only about having a nest egg in our 401k, but how can we have different income streams in retirement? Many of us need to realize that the traditional retirement planning that our parents and grandparents were a part of isn't going to work for us we need to start thinking about our retirement much differently. So for example, let's go back to pensions. Pension plans are definitely great. I know many people who have worked really hard working for certain companies and agencies for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, and they are expecting to have that pension when they retire. But if we have not learned anything during this pandemic, we should have learned you should never Never, never rely on one income stream, whether you are working or if you are retired. That is putting you too close to the financial edge. You don't truly know what your cost of living is going to be in retirement and therefore you have no idea if that monthly pension payment is going to be enough to sustain you in retirement. This is why we need to diversify how we are going to live in retirement. So not only just having your pension plan, what other income streams can you create to sustain you comfortably in retirement? Now let's look at social security. Now the way the system works, current workers are paying taxes into the social security system 
And those dollars are being used to pay the people who are currently receiving those social security benefits. Now, this is an oversimplification of how the system works, but I don't wanna make this podcast episode too, too long, but that is a high level view of how social security works. The issue with social security that it is not going to have enough money to pay out all of the benefits. At the time that I am recording this video, the fund is expected to run out of money to fully pay out all benefits by 2037. Now, this is for a few reasons. We have a growing retirement population, and over the last few decades, people, meaning families, have had less children. So we have less people working who are paying into the social security system compared to how many people will need to receive those benefits in the future. Now, of course, the social security system is quote unquote too big to fail. So they will eventually have to charge workers more taxes in order to pay out benefits to retirees. But the reason why I'm sharing this information is Again, you do not want to retire being totally dependent on social security. Then if we look at the 401k plan, there are definitely issues with that as well. One, you are limited in how much money you can contribute to this account every single year. Secondly, you will be taxed on those funds when you do withdraw them from your account during retirement. And thirdly, your 401k is dependent on the performance of the stock market. So if you are in a recession, your portfolio will be drastically impacted through no fault of your own. And I'm not sharing this information to be negative or to be a Debbie Downer, but I do want us to expand our thoughts when we think about what retirement should and will look like for us in the future. Because again, the traditional retirement planning is not going to work for many of us going forward. It is my professional opinion that retirement needs to be a combination of having a nest egg and having income and also owning assets. So let's talk about some examples of ways to generate income in retirement. So firstly, you want to invest in dividend paying assets. So things like stocks, index funds, mutual funds, and REITs. Now you might be saying, well, Bella, you just said the stock market recession, my portfolio will be impacted. Yes, I did just say that. But when it comes to receiving dividend payments on stocks that you own, again, that can be an income stream in retirement. So as you are investing, pay attention to whether or not you are investing in companies that pay dividends. I know so many people who love to invest in the sexy tech stocks. So right now we have Tesla and Google and Amazon and Facebook. But currently, present day, these companies do not pay dividends. So am I saying not to invest in these companies? No, absolutely not. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying, 
Think about how can you diversify your portfolio to also include companies that do in fact pay dividends. You can also invest in REITs, which are real estate investment trusts. Now legally, they must pay at least 90% of their profits out in dividend payments. So these are all things you can consider investing in to diversify your portfolio so you can have dividend payments coming in during retirement which is a great segue into real estate. So of course, real estate is another way to generate income in retirement. Now you can do the traditional buying a property, being a landlord and receiving rent every single month, or you can get into the business of flipping properties or investing in companies that flip properties and you can be a silent investor, if you will. You can also consider starting or scaling a business or investing in a franchise. Now, of course, starting a business, scaling a business will take time and resources, but if you lay that foundation down, you can build a business that will pay you in retirement without you having to do the day-to-day work. You can also consider being a venture capitalist. So taking money and investing in up-and-coming startup businesses could be a great way for you to invest early in a business and get lots of stock in this company and watch that company grow and take off over time. Now, of course, that can be a bit risky or very risky, but this is where doing your research, working with the right professionals can definitely help you have guidance in making some decisions in regards to which companies you should be an early investor in. Now, being a venture capitalist does not mean you have to invest in some fancy schmancy tech company that's up and coming. Maybe you have someone in your network who has a great idea for a business, maybe it's groundbreaking, it's going to set trends, and you could be the person to help give them the capital to get their business started. Now, of course, you want to have solid contracts in place to understand how you will receive financial benefit as an investor, but again, it could be just that simple. It doesn't have to be some big fancy tech startup that you're trying to invest in, but you can. But again, it can be someone that you know in your community who has a great idea and just needs some financial help getting started. So we covered a lot in today's episode, and I do hope that you will take this information to heart. I don't care how old you are or where you are in your financial journey. Everyone should have walked away with something new and also some things to think about and some additional actions to take after listening to today's episode. I don't care if you're 22 years old or 62 years old. We all have a lot of work to do. And the only way for us to win in this game of money and financial freedom and generational wealth is to take information and to begin executing and also to begin sharing with people in your circle. You cannot and will not be able to build 
wealth alone. So it's really important to find those like-minded people so you can have these conversations with, and more importantly, so you all can grow and learn together. So that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for stopping by and I will talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to another episode of the How to Stop Being Broke podcast. Now, if you enjoyed today's episode and look forward to future conversations like the one we had today, make sure to subscribe because it is time for you to stop being broke and create a financial future you can be proud of.